Welcome to the Real Estate Guys radio program. I'm your host, Robert Helms. If you're like us, you like specific real estate markets and the challenges when they get hot, it is hard to find inventory. What's an investor to do? Well, today we're gonna share some tips and techniques for uncovering hard to find inventory in a hot market on the Real Estate Guys radio program. Forbes rated Memphis the best cash flow market in the nation. And our good friend Terry Kerr at Mid-South Homebuyers has been the premier turnkey rental property provider in Memphis for over 13 years. With an A-plus rating for the Better Business Bureau, Terry has renovated over 750 houses. Real Estate Guys listeners have snapped up hundreds. Discover what these satisfied investors already know. Mid-South's properties are completely renovated with a one-year warranty and a lifelong rental guarantee. They're affordable, well-managed, and easy to own. Perfect for beginning investors and veterans alike. Get in on the action. Contact Terry and his team via email at midsouth at realestateguysradio.com. Welcome to the Real Estate Guys Radio Show. I'm Robert Helms, your host. With us, co-host financial strategist, Russell Gray. Hey, Robert. So many great places to invest, so many great product types. If you're a single-family home investor, you've probably noticed that things are good, the markets are hot, and that sounds great right up to the point where you go look for a property and you are priced out of the market. Well, you know what they say, the best time to buy is when everybody's selling and it's much more competitive when everybody's buying. But that doesn't mean that you can't find deals. I think right. one of the things that people have to understand is in any market, there are people who control inventory. You know, Robert, you sold real estate for a long time and the name of the game in residential real estate, especially is get the listing, control the inventory. List to live. List to live. Because once you can, you have the inventory, then sooner or later that buyer is gonna show up and you're gonna get paid. So there's something to be said for that well as a buyer you're looking for the people who actually have the inventory where how can i get my hands on inventory well the same thing is true on the investor side of things as well there are people that are very active in markets even busy markets that are busy looking up properties they got their thumb on the pulse when deals come up they're the first in the front of the line and they're doing really a lot of the heavy lifting and if you can find a way to get into that relationship and get that person's efforts working for you, then you have a better than average chance of getting your unfair share of some of that inventory. Why do people go shop at the big warehouse store? Because they get a better price when they buy an inventory. And we all expect to get a better price when we buy in bulk, but not only is it about a better price, it's about inventory at all. Getting access to, you know, I like to go to concerts and it's just me, but I don't like to sit in the back. I like to sit up in the front. And when you sit up in the front, it's hard to get those tickets and you pay dearly for them. Now I'll tell you this, the better relationships you have in that arena, the better seats you get and not always at a premium. You don't have to overpay. In real estate, people think the obvious places to look for inventory are the places they should go. But we always talk about the fact that if you're a seller of real estate, the multiple listing system in your area, the MLS, is probably a good place to get lots of exposure. But if you're a buyer, it's one of the worst places to go. Right. If everybody sees it, it bids the price up. If you're a buyer, especially of investment property, you want to develop your own deal flow from unique sources. And the harder the property is to find, the better it is for you. Well, I mean, think about it. Look at the stock market, for example. If you want to buy a share of Apple stock, you're going to go into a public exchange where there is complete exposure to every potential buyer all around the world very, very competitive. And so the seller is going to get top price on any given day. Well, that means you as the buyer, by definition, are not going to get the best deal on any given day. And so you have to kind of monitor the market and playing the stock market game is very different because of the way the exchange works. But think about private placements. 
you know, if you are investing in a private placement and somebody's got their hands on a deal because they've gone through all the hard work and then you get a chance to buy in on that deal after the fact, you're not competing with 50 or 100 or 10 million other bidders. It's probably just you or maybe one or two other people that are looking at the deal. Well, the same thing can happen in conventional real estate when you're just going to go buy an individual property. If you can get into those circles where people who have access to the inventory, who have found a way to get themselves in the front of the line, and then you form this symbiotic relationship, you know, because if they have the inventory, it's probably for the purposes of moving it but they might have some incentives for why they would want to move it in your direction and not someplace else. And this is where real estate is superior to paper assets because you can play an insider's game with real estate that you can't play with paper assets. It's well, one of the things we love best about it. It is superior provided you're on the right end of it. Right. We always say this is a relationship business. And if you're great at building and nurturing relationships, then you're going to do really well. But when you're relying on LoopNet and the MLS and Property Line and the places everybody else looks, you're going to get the picked over stuff, right? When I was in real estate brokerage, you know what houses we advertised? The junk that didn't sell. All the good deals went right away, usually to a very short list of clients. How do you get on that list? That's what we're talking about. At our upcoming event on real estate syndication, one of the big things we talk about is getting into the deal flow, making sure you have the inner circle, the straight line into finding a great deal, and you don't start there. It takes a long time to build that up. Now, there are some shortcuts, some of which we'll share with you today. Well, you know, just I want to pick up on that point about uh, using the the public listing MLS and some of these databases, they do serve a purpose. It's a great way to learn a market. It's a great way from a distance to see kind of what a trend is doing. You can kind of monitor things. The people who are putting the inventory in there, sure, I mean, they hope to sell something, but by and large, it's lead gen. The services that are, you know, doing estimates of value and things, they're selling advertising. They're trying to develop traffic. And then the people who are putting properties up for sale are really trying to find buyers. Well, the agents might. On some of these places, you know, individual principals can list too. So yeah, I don't think you can assume that everybody's on there for a, a different purpose of lead generation. Well, even even with that said, I mean, there's a lot of different agendas going on. It isn't, I mean, you go into a marketplace like that and you have an agenda and your agenda is your agenda and you may not be aware of the agenda of the party on the other side. That's one thing. And so in any relationship, whether it's on a public listing or through a private, you always need to understand what the agenda of the person on the other side is. But the other thing is, is just understanding that because it's out there in the public, that's really where all the competition is. And that's great, again, to your point, Robert, when you're the seller, but maybe not so great when you're a buyer. And so why would a seller not want to put their inventory on there? And I think that's one of the things you're going to learn in today's episode is there's reasons why people would prefer to actually move inventory without having to put it out there to a, a larger group of people. And when you can get that part of the uh, formula figured out. Now you have an opportunity to be an insider. And of course, all that gets exacerbated when the market becomes really, really strong. You know, no one was looking at this market a few years ago and all of a sudden now everyone's there. Well, it must be great. And now it's even harder to get inventory. You know, it's funny. We had an Ask the Guy question that uh, we're getting ready to do an Ask the Guys episode in a few weeks. And maybe we'll get to this one. Maybe, maybe we won't. We're blessed to have so many Ask the Guys questions today, but we get as many as we can. But the particular question talked about with a certain market you guys like, why don't you talk about these lesser known, smaller, markets. And there's a lot of reasons for that. But one of the things you realize early on is 
you either come from a position of scarcity or abundance. As a person and in general, in real estate, we see it all the time, right? We tend to be abundant thinkers. So when we hear about a market we like, we tell people, but there are people who think the other way. They think, well, gosh, if I tell you about this market, then you're gonna go and be my competition. And I guess to some degree that happens. What we're here to talk about today is the fact that there are tips and techniques and strategies you can use to get what Bob Helms, the godfather of real estate, would call your unfair share. Meaning if you're willing to work harder, if you're willing to look in places other people aren't, if you're willing to endure some time and toil, and if you're willing to build patiently a relationship, then you will be shown deals that not everybody sees. Most of the best deals I've ever done in my career, I literally was the only person shown the deal. I didn't find it on any kind of public forum. I found it through a relationship. Somebody who knew, one, that I was real and had a reputation of closing and knew what I was looking for, and they wanted to get it closed quickly. It would typically be a broker, sometimes a principal, sometimes a developer, but someone would say, I know just the person for this. You wanna be on the receiving end of that. When you're, you've got a relationship where you have a shortcut. Well, you know, I mean, if it sounds like we just keep beating the theme, it's because we are. A lot of people think that their job is to go out and look for properties. That's not your job. Your job is to go out and look for relationships. Well, yeah. And let's, I guess we should start with no investor left behind. You know, in our world, it starts with your personal investment philosophy, who you are as an investor. You've got to get in touch, as we say, with your inner investor and figure out what exactly you want out of real estate investing. And that's beyond the scope of this program, but I'm sure you can go back to the archives and find where we've spent a lot of time talking about that. Once you figure out who you are now, you go for a market. What's a market that makes sense for me, given the kind of investor I am and the kind of returns and risks I, I have in mind. Once you've got a market figured out now you've got to find a team the people that can help you in that market to execute on your plan and then finally the fourth and least important part is the property i gotta right. find a property and if you start with the property you're doing it wrong right the last thing you want to look at is the property i will take a better team in a lesser market over a so-so team in a great market and so when you are in a hot market and you can put together a great team here's the great news those folks are great at finding properties. Well, I mean, that's the key, especially if you're an out-of-area investor. If you happen to be investing in your own backyard and you really, really know the neighborhoods, I mean, down to the streets, then you probably could do a good job picking out the right side of the tracks, if you will, and which property makes sense and where the trends are. But if you happen to be out of area, that's where you really you know, run into a problem. And you can pick a market based on its macros or even a, a subset of a larger MSA. I mean, like Phoenix, for example, huge. But there's a difference between, say, Scottsdale and Gilbert, right? Those are two different cities. They're all part of the big Phoenix MSA, but they're very different and they perform differently. And if you live there, you get that. If you don't live there, you, you don't understand that. And so finding the people who really understand your market down to the street level, that's the key to finding the deal. You let the people help you find the deals. Again, your job is to pick the market and then find the team. Our guest today spends a lot of time looking for inventory because he's in a few really hot markets. And as uh, fate would have it, one of the markets that he's in and his company is in is one of the hottest markets there is in single family. And yet they're coming up with inventory. We're going to find out how he does it. And you're going to learn some ways that you can too when we come back. You're tuned to the Real Estate Guys radio program. I'm your host, Robert Helms. Live nationwide, you're listening to The Real Estate Guys. Find out more at realestateguysradio.com. 
Are you ready to profit in paradise? Hi, it's Robert Helms. And if you think real estate investing means tenants, toilets, and termites, think again. Located just a short plane ride from the U.S., a virtually untouched paradise awaits. The beautiful country of Belize. When you go to Belize with the Real Estate Guys, you'll spend four fabulous days discovering one of the most intriguing real estate markets I've ever seen. With its jungle rainforests, pristine beaches, and 81-degree turquoise water, Belize is one of the most beautiful places on Earth. Plus, it's considered one of the top seven tax havens in the world. Belize property is on the rise, and many experts think the best is yet to come. But don't just take my word for it. Come experience Belize firsthand at our upcoming investor field trip. When you join us, you'll discover the many reasons we love Belize, like tremendously undervalued beachfront land, super low taxes, ease of doing business, and so much more. Get the details at realestateguysradio.com. Just click on events. See paradise for yourself. Click events at realestateguysradio.com, and I'll see you in beautiful Belize. Hey, it's Ken McElroy. I listen to the Real Estate Guys, and so should you. Welcome back to the Real Estate Guys radio program. Heard every weekend on this great radio station all the time at realestateguysradio.com. We're talking about uncovering hard-to-find inventory when the market is hot. The man you're about to meet does a great job at that. Please welcome back to the Real Estate Guys radio program, Mr. John Larson. How are you? I'm very good. Robert Russ, thank you for having me again. Of course. Great to see you. I think the last time I saw you, we were in an airport somewhere. Uh, Yeah, I think we were down in Belize. There you go. So uh, you never know who's going to be hanging out and lurking in the uh, airports around the world. You know, I think this is an area that that you have a lot of uh, experience in, and that is looking for inventory in places people don't. So the markets that you guys are in, John, haven't always been red hot, but for most of the time we've known each other, you've been scrounging for inventory. There's been competition. So walk us through what it takes to be successful when lots of people are after the same thing you are. Well, yeah, I mean, I'd say number one, it starts with relationships like you guys just touched on. I would also say consistency. We always are consistent with our our buying strategy, same sort of purchase criteria. Um, and, and we close quickly and we close with cash consistently every month. All right. So that's a good reputation to develop. If I'm a seller and I know there's someone out there in my market who can close quickly and for cash, sometimes, and Russ was talking about, you know, why would people sell a lesser price? Sometimes it is motivation. Someone's like, if I can get out soon, I'll take a lesser price. Absolutely. Quick closes and, and cash sales. I mean, even on my disposition side, I love them. Yeah. Well, and, and I guess we should step back. One of the things that you guys do at American Real Estate Investments is you help folks get into what we might call turnkey property. I mean, truly, you guys find a property. You've got great teams that we've and Russ and I have had the pleasure of walking through many of your units and learned a ton about the way you guys approach that and rehab it and great quality stuff. You do that work and the investor that buys something doesn't do that work. In other words, it's really aimed at the busy person who doesn't want to come in and roll up their sleeves and have to sheetrock the place. You guys do that and you do it well because you have economies of scale, but you're also finding particular niches and marketplaces. You don't buy anything in, say, Dallas. You know the neighborhoods that you like, the types of neighborhoods and classes of property that you like and and so forth. Yeah, absolutely. And and like we were we were just saying, I mean, the number one toughest thing right now in, in any hot market and in Dallas especially it's not even the renovation side of things. I mean, that's that's another animal. But our biggest problem right now is is the acquisition side of things. So my acquisitions team works day and night tirelessly. Every month we go to the auction, which in Dallas, the, the auction's one time a month. Super Tuesday, we call it. First Tuesday of the month. So my team gets a list of properties. It could be, you know, 100 properties on that list. We identify 50 of them that work for us. We get to the auction, only 10 of those 50 show up. 
So we only have 10 that we could actually bid on. And then after, after it's all said and done, we get outbid on six of them, we walk away with four. So just imagine how much work goes into just getting those four properties from the auction each month. Wow. So, and in order to do that, of course, obviously, by the very nature of an auction, you have to be the high bidder. I would imagine at some point, you know what your maximum bid price can be. And if it goes above that, you're walking away. Absolutely. And and here's the thing, Robert, I don't invest in anything that I wouldn't mind holding myself. So I'm not going to overpay for for inventory. And, and that gets harder to do. And this is one of the discipline things, right? You guys have it figured out exactly what it takes to rehab a property. And so you're pretty close there. I think one of the challenges for new investors, especially, is if they're anxious to get into a marketplace, they might not have that discipline. They might overpay for something. And often when it comes to single family homes, the person that will overpay is someone who's an owner occupant who will live in it and doesn't need to make the margin, so to speak. So it's got to be uh, a little bit frustrating these days for you guys. Absolutely. And and here's the thing, the, the neighborhoods that we're buying in, these are high quality neighborhoods. So not only am I competing with investors, and there's a lot of investor attention on Dallas right now, but I am competing with those owner occupants that don't mind paying a little bit extra money. They like the school districts that we're in. They like the neighborhood in general. If they have to pay five, ten thousand dollars a little bit more just to get that home, they're going to do it. But for me and my investors, that just doesn't work. Right. Absolutely. Now, you guys are in a variety of markets, but Dallas is your primary market. It's where your company's based. And Dallas has been a strong, strong market for a long time. Uh, it's gotten to the point where it's even harder than ever. What is the attraction in Dallas, Texas for the folks that maybe haven't been paying attention to Dallas? Number one, it's it's basically the population growth. So we all know if there's no one living in the property, in your rental property, it doesn't work for you. It's right. not performing. Right. right. So I love positioning myself in markets that are seeing high population growth because it's easy to lease these properties out and it's easy to keep them leased. Well, not only that, but you do specialize in a part of the marketplaces you would consider for investment property, maybe the higher end. Speak to your strategy there. Yeah. So we're obviously going after uh, properties in more middle-class neighborhoods. Uh, my, my average rents are 1600 in, in my neighborhoods where I'm investing in. And the reason I do that is because my tenants need to make at least three times the monthly rent to qualify to live in one of my homes. So at 1600 per month, they're making close to $60,000 a year. That's right in line or a little bit above the uh, median income here in Dallas right now. So we're just dealing with a better tenant, someone who's more responsible, someone that's not going to beat up on the home, someone that's less risk for eviction and less turnover. And it just makes a more successful investment for us on the front end and for my investors that I sell my properties to. Well, I think because you do sell to a lot of investors that are more passive because they're looking for that that fat cow, if you will. They're not looking to buy the skinny cow and fatten it up. They're looking for a performing property that's going to perform right out of the gate. They don't have the time and the, you know, maybe even the history or, or practice or experience to go do a lot of the work you guys do. They want something that's, that's ready to go. And the less trouble there is with tenants and the less challenge there is with renting out the properties, the easier all that becomes. Absolutely. It's just unbelievable. Every month we look at our property management statements and they're in the positive. Well, you know, there's part of this in, in my, and let's talk for this minute because I think this is something that I see in the work that you guys do is if I go into that lesser neighborhood, right, something that's below what you guys would, would deal with, I might be able to get a, on paper, better cash on cash return. But I'm going to have three times the vacancy, twice the cost in turnover. By keeping good, high-paid, high-earning tenants happy, you reduce the two biggest expenses of buy-and-hold real estate, and that is vacancy and turnover. Absolutely. So I still invest in, in Michigan myself. That's where I'm from. So that's my own backyard, just like you touched on earlier. We also invest in Missouri, and that's more of a like a B-grade type of area. 
really the the play there is just cash flow strictly property tax are a little bit less we could talk about that at another time but what i've seen between where i invest personally michigan missouri and texas my texas portfolio performs the best out of all of them because i'm going after that higher earning income tenant in the better neighborhood we're just the cash flow just more stable and consistent. So obviously you're clear in your investment philosophy as a company especially, and having the discipline to only pull the trigger when the price is right means there's less to choose from. The show's really about how we find hard to find inventory. So auctions is one thing. What else do you guys do to get out there and uncover some stones where maybe the rest of the world isn't looking? A lot of networking, not gonna lie. There's really not a, a networking event that has to do with real estate that I'm not at, myself or my team. Um, it's about running into agents that can get their hands on real estate owned inventory, um, short sale agents. I've met at these uh, these events and, you know, short sales, they take a little bit longer to close, but you can get a lot of gems there. Well, and even though the market is strong, it's still not reached the level that, that it was. So you do have the potential for a short sale and no investor left behind. That's a sale in, in which the lender is going to receive less than the full amount of the loan. And why would a lender be willing to do that? Because they want to get that money back to work. And so that's a relationship part of the businesses too, to get to be able to get into that and have the reputation that we can get those kind of deals done. Absolutely. One of the biggest things, of course, is it's not just about finding a property. You've got to find a tenant for it to work. And one of the ways you guys have uh, made sure that was a big part of the initiative is to bring your property management in-house. Talk about that part of the business. Well, I mean, number one, I'm an, I'm an investment company. So I need to make sure that these investments work for my investors so they come back and, and invest again. So I knew right away, we used to use a third-party property management solution. One of my main goals going into the end of 2016 was to bring that in-house. This way, I can just control the investment that much that much more, um, and I can ensure that my investors are, are, you know, we're just receiving a better experience. Well, and I think that you get a certain economy of scale based on the fact you have a lot of clients, plus you guys have your own properties and all that. And property management is like the forefront of the marketplace. You see exactly when tenants are willing to pay more, when they aren't, when they're going to move, what the latest and greatest amenities they're requiring and asking for are, and and can tailor the properties that you guys are rehabbing to fit that target demographic. Right. And going back to the fact that I'm an investment company, so my property managers and my property management company, each year when a tenant goes to renew, we're trying to get that increase in rent. It's, it's not just, you know, we're not looking at it like, hey, let's just get this property rented out again, so let's just leave the rent where it is. No, I'm trying to get 45, 50, sometimes even $100 more in a hot market like Dallas because I can achieve that rent. And I just want my investors to just, like I said, have an overall better experience working with a company like mine. Well, and this speaks to what Russ was alluding to earlier. The fact is, why would a company who sells individual single-family residences ever want to sell to an investor when arguably you could throw it on the MLS and get a owner-occupant, especially at an A-class level, to buy the property at arguably a higher price. How does it make sense to continue the brain damage of selling to investors? Well, because my investors, I would say eight out of 10, they come back and they buy again. So why just sell one house when I could have an investor that buys two, three, four from me a year? This is the point. This is gold, right? A single family seller is going to have one house to sell that they've lived in for the last 10 or 20 years, and then they're done. And while you want to have a good relationship with that person, and you guys will take that kind of a deal when you can get it, your returning buyer who's going to buy one or two a year or maybe one or two over five or ten years, that's a person that if you leave enough meat on the bone, they're going to come back and want more. Exactly. And it goes back to relationships again. I was just out to dinner with one of my investment coordinators last week on Thursday. This is a great example. 
and we're sitting there having dinner and then all of a sudden his phone starts lighting up. It's one of his investors in California who's already looking for his second property and he's trying to get the inside track on something that maybe we haven't marketed yet. You know, hey Grant, what's coming up that's hot? And he's just trying to start that relationship, try and be his buddy so he can get his hands on good inventory before we actually mark it out to our rest, the rest of our list. That is such a great example and exactly what we've always said, it's a relationship business. Now, also understand this, that you've heard the phrase that the squeaky wheel gets the grease. Well, sometimes also understand that the squeaky wheel gets replaced. So when you want to be in a relationship, you want to do it in a friendly manner. You want to be pleasantly persistent, right? You've got clients that you would love to do deals with again, and you have clients that you'd prefer would go elsewhere. Talk about what a client can do to become your best, most valuable client. Well, I would say number one, just be prepared. Definitely be pre-qualified if you're looking to take advantage of some sort of financing um, because these deals in Dallas and any hot market, they're going to go quickly. So even on my acquisition side, you think my acquisition team has a lot of time to think about a deal? No. If the numbers make sense and it's in an area where we buy, we make the offer right away and then we conduct our due diligence. All right. Good stuff. Our guest is John Larson from American Real Estate Investments. We'll talk more about where and how to find those deals and make sure you get the one that makes sense for you. We're also going to play real estate trivia next. You're tuned to the Real Estate Guys radio program. I'm your host, Robert Helms. Real estate investment advice right in your mailbox. Sign up for the free Real Estate Guys newsletter at realestateguysradio.com. All aboard. It's last call for the Real Estate Guys 15th Annual Investors Summit at Sea. We're nearly sold out. Just a few cabins remaining for you to spend a week with like-minded investors, world-class educators, and real-world professionals. Returning this year are sales legend Tom Hopkins, international developer Beth Clifford, attorney Mauricio Raul, commercial mortgage broker and syndicator Michael Becker, and the author of The Creature from Jekyll Island, G. Edward Griffin. Also returning are Peter Schiff and Robert Kiyosaki. It all begins April 1st, 2017 in Houston, Texas, so hurry! Visit realestateguysradio.com and click on the tab that says Summit to learn more and reserve your spot. This transformational week is like no conference you've ever attended. Go to realestateguysradio.com and click Summit and make plans to spend a week with the Real Estate Guys, Robert Kiyosaki, and an all-star faculty on the 15th Annual Investors Summit at Sea. This is Gary Johnson. And I'm here to say, listen to the Real Estate Guys. Welcome back to the Real Estate Guys radio program. So glad you tuned in today. Be sure and tell a friend about the Real Estate Guys. Hey, coming up, it's Secrets of Successful Syndication. If you've ever wanted to do bigger deals using other people's money, we've got a great two-day event for you. You can learn a ton about syndication and network like crazy, as John was talking about. All the details on our website at realestateguysradio.com under events. Before we get back to our interview with John Larson, let's play Real Estate Trivia, your chance to win a prize by knowing today's Real Estate Trivia question. As soon as you hear the question and think you know the answer, send us an email to trivia at realestateguysradio.com. Include your name, the answer to the question, and your mailing address because if you're the winner, we're going to send you a really cool book called Passionistas, Tips, Tales, and Tweetables from Women Pursuing Their Dreams. It's a great book with 40 different stories of entrepreneurs and women with great, great stories. And that book can be yours if you get today's real estate trivia question, which I'll ask you in a minute. First of all, last week on the show, we were talking about finding and funding deals that make sense. And we asked this, where was Coca-Cola first bottled? Where, that's the real estate part, was uh, the soft drink that has sold millions and millions and millions first bottled. It's not in Atlanta where a lot of people thought. No, that's where Coca-Cola is headquartered today. But the original Coca-Cola was bottled at a plant on Patton Parkway 
in downtown Chattanooga, Tennessee in 1899. By the way, two local attorneys purchased the bottling rights to the drink for $1. That's a pretty good ROI. Here's our real estate trivia question for this week since we're here in Dallas, Texas. Texas is the only state to have the flags of six different nations fly over it. Yep, at different times, Texas has belonged, if you will, to six different entities. Hence, that's the six flags over Texas. Here's what we want you to do. Name them. Name the six nations that have controlled the state of Texas over the past many, many years. If you want to quickly get that off to us, you can win this prize. Just send an email to trivia at realestateguysradio.com. Include your name and your physical mailing address so we can send you this great book, Passionistas. That's today's real estate trivia question. We're talking with John Larson about uncovering hard to find inventory. And obviously this is what you guys do for a living. I mean, this is what your company is based on is providing inventory to investors. So there are a certain number of listeners that are like, well, that sounds good to me. I'd like to, to be able to get some inventory. And we're going to talk about the best way to uh, interact with you guys uh, before we're done. But also there's folks who say, well, that's interesting, but I'm not into Dallas or, you know, that's not the market uh, that I'm, that I'm interested in. I want to do it myself. And you guys have run through this. You've gone down a lot of paths that maybe didn't yield fruit. What are some of the ways that you see investors trying to get inventory today that really don't work anymore? Um, I would say really that, like you guys talked about earlier, the, the MLS is really tough, especially when you're an investor. When, you, when you're looking at inventory that's on the MLS, it's really kind of picked through or it's from an investment standpoint, the stuff that they're just having trouble moving. Yeah. All of our stuff that we provide for our clients, all of our investment opportunities are off market. And, and the reason being is because they're good opportunities. So I think a lot of people kind of look to a loop net or, you know, start looking on Zillow or hire an agent and go to the MLS. You're really not going to find good deals there. It's harder and harder. That's for sure. And that's true in a lot of marketplaces. But at the same time, you need to know what you're looking for. And I think once you've purchased hundreds and hundreds of houses, right, you get to start to get a flavor for what's real. I mean, I know that when your team goes out, you can make a decision pretty quickly of whether or not the property makes sense. Yeah, after you do a high volume of real estate transactions in any sort of market, you're going to really start to get a good feel for the market to this point where my acquisitions team is so in tune with the market that, hey, if it's in a neighborhood that that we buy in, and there's a good chance we probably already have produced some investment opportunities in that exact neighborhood. So we know what to expect. We know what type of tenants it attracts. We know what, what the value should be at. So we can make really, really quick decisions. And I think that that's one of the, the greatest things about working with a company like ours is, number one, it's my acquisitions team. It all starts there. Now, speaking of quick decisions, how quickly does an investor need to make a decision? So imagine that I'm ready to go and I say, yeah, I, I want a property. I'm ready to go. I'm guessing these things don't languish on the market too long. Uh, talk about that part of it. Uh, yeah, I mean, my, my clients pretty much, at first, I'll send over some opportunities that are just recently sold. I want them to basically feel comfortable with the prices, with the returns. And then at that point, I'll start sending over actual deals that we have available. Um, you know, this market's moving so quickly and, and this market's so hot right now that my properties are getting under contract before they're even completed with renovation. Basically, the deal is you put an earnest money deposit down, you sign a contract, and we reserve that property for you. I stop marketing it to my other investors. I'm just saying the way that these properties are moving right now, I would be looking to potentially put an offer minutes after seeing the, the inventory sent to you. Like I said, I don't sell anything that I wouldn't invest in myself. There's got to be a little bit of a level of trust. I'm, I'm not going to put anything in front of your eyes that that's a bad deal. Now, John, how many of your investors actually fly out and see the property versus ones that say, no, 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 you guys have done this for me before. I'll take the next one. You know, I would say probably 20% of my investors actually come out and visit us, but we always welcome it. 
you know, just give us a little bit of a heads up. I have a, a team of investment coordinators that are very dedicated as well, that if you were an investor that was interested in investing with us, I mean, obviously we want to make sure, you know, have a conversation, make sure that you're serious, that if we do find something that fits your criteria, ready to move forward, I don't need these guys wasting, wasting their time. Right. But, um, you know, if you're a serious investor, just give Grant or Marcus a heads up or even myself, I've been on tours as well. We'll, we'll welcome you down with open arms and go check out all the homes that we have available. Now, what about the inventory that you guys are getting your hands on and how much of it is, is distressed and how much distress, how much work is too much? What kind of rehab do you normally encounter? Yeah, the, the inventory that we're able to get in Dallas is pretty much built 20 years and above, which is good too. So we're not doing a lot of major renovations to these properties. I will buy as low as 1980s, and obviously those properties are gonna need a little bit more work. But I would say my average renovations right now, the, the average bids I'm getting is about 18,000. Okay, you talked earlier about crews. When markets get hot, sometimes it's hard to find uh, crews to work, but you've also got that kind of figured out since you've had people in place doing that work for you for a long time. Yes, they've been working with us actually for, this would be their five year anniversary. So. I have the same guys that have been working with us since 2012. We take care of them. Um, it's all about consistency again. When you're a group that buys 15, 20 houses a month, that's a lot of work for these guys. So they're not trying to run anywhere. Well, Russell and I had a chance to uh, go through a couple of properties that you toured us on. And then, of course, on our uh, investor field trip, a few months after that, we saw several more. And the thing that struck me was just how similar inside the properties looked. I mean, they might be in different neighborhoods and look different on the outside. But when we got inside, it was the same finishes, the same paint, the same counters. That seems like a good way to go. Absolutely. And that's how we're able to keep costs down. It's just consistency. We use the same materials on every home. We buy in bulk so we can, you know... That's how we're able to get those margins and leave, like Russ said, some meat on the bone for our investors. Yeah, absolutely. Now, what about the fact that you have folks who come in, they buy a property. At some point, they decide, well, the market is high or I want to get into something bigger. Are you guys able to help them facilitate a sale? And then are those resale properties also candidates for new investors? Absolutely. We do that as well. Um, I've had one of my investors, he was actually a South African gentleman. He purchased three of my best homes at the time when he was buying and he came back to me and he said that he had an opportunity to purchase this in this apartment complex and he needed to sell his his assets that he purchased from us. I put him right on our property portal and I and I sold them immediately. I mean, this guy came out and handpicked these three homes. Yeah, we have uh, the capability of helping our investors. If you do want to dispose of these assets one day, we can help you do that. The harder thing right now, of course, is to be able to be on the list that gets the properties. And that's probably short-lived, right? I mean, markets get strong, markets uh, go down. You've seen a couple of different marketplaces uh, over the years. Uh, what advice would you give to folks who are just now looking to get into their first investment property? It's a lot of research. What I prefer, like we were just saying, when, when someone comes to me and, and is looking to uh, start investing, I would obviously want you to kind of have the the research done, you've done your due diligence, you've kind of looked at the market and, and decided, hey, is this a market that I even want to invest in? So due diligence, it wouldn't be a bad idea to go out and actually tour one of the markets, whether it's with me and my staff or just on you know your own dime just came out, just check it out. Definitely understand what you're investing in, get familiar with the neighborhoods, get familiar with the type of inventory in these neighborhoods. And uh, yeah, definitely get your eyes on it. Now, what are you guys seeing from the tenant side? I mean, obviously prices are going up. Are you seeing a corresponding increase in tenant demand and in rents paid? The demand out there right now, it's crazy. It's not just on purchasing assets. It's it, the rental market is insane right now. Um, I'm, I'm literally getting 50 to $100 more year after year for the same areas that we've been investing in. It's due to the demand and it's due to the fact that there's just not a lot of 
inventory out there. Same same thing on the rental side. All right, now we've covered a couple of the ways you guys get inventory. John's actually put together a report called Hot Tips for Handling Hot Markets. So if you're interested in some of the other ways that these guys find a property and you also want to be kept up to speed with what they have available, send an email to hot at realestateguysradio.com and you'll get the hot tips for handling hot markets. But in terms of folks that might be interested in becoming investors of yours, what's kind of the price range you guys specialize in? How many of your investors get loans and what do the loans look like today? Kind of walk us through what a typical investor would be looking at today? Yeah, here in Texas, I would say 90% of my investors are looking to take advantage of some sort of finance. Obviously, they, you want to go to the conventional route. Everybody's allotted 10 conventional loans. After that, we have some great non-recourse options as well. Um, and then the price points here in Dallas right now, so for a turnkey investment, that means that it's acquired, fully renovated, tenant in place, and professionally managed. Right now, our average sales price to our clients is about 170000 Okay, and a hundred and seventy thousand dollar house. What is that likely rent for? Right now, about sixteen hundred. So we're very close to that, you know, one percent gross rent multiplier that everybody's looking for, and that's great, especially in a hot market like this. That I'm even able to achieve that. That's crazy good, right? Most of the time, when the market gets strong, and we see this in a lot of markets over time, is that that kind of goes out the window, and you're just, you know, looking for appreciation. But back to this whole thing about you've got to be disciplined, you've got to acquire it right. You guys know what the end picture is going to look like because you have the property management. You know what tenants will pay. You know what it's going to take to renovate it because you've been that through a lot. So then it's just a matter of making sure you buy it for the right price. That's it. That's the toughest part. And I think that uh, part of it is also just that as the market changes, keeping your pulse. If, if I'm an investor and I'm active in a market, but I only go there once or twice a year, maybe I have a property manager. I've got three or four houses in a marketplace. It's hard to keep my finger on the pulse of everything that's happening. But when you guys have teams out there looking for property and dealing with the tenants and all that certainly gives you uh, an advantage. I know that coming up, you guys are doing a property uh, workshop and tour. People can come out to Dallas and they can learn about how you approach the market and the basic performance metrics of property. So this wouldn't be a bad thing for someone new into real estate to, to come to. But also, if you're in a seasoned investor and you have a hard time getting inventory, uh, tell us about the uh, workshop and tour you guys are doing in April. Yeah, there's a lot of... There's a lot of bonuses to it. It's it's not just going out and touring inventory. It's uh, you know sitting with me, sitting with my investment coordinators, my acquisitions team. I bring a couple of my lenders out as well. There's a lot of knowledge to be earned on this trip. Um, you're going to get to see how we professionally manage homes. You're going to get to see how we professionally renovate our properties. And you're going to get a good feel for the Dallas market and the areas that we invest in. Yeah, we've certainly been impressed when we've met the uh, folks on your team and gone out. Of course, you've been part of the tours that uh, we've done. We don't have a, a field trip on the market, but since you guys are doing a tour, we thought we'd uh, let the listeners know about that. So it's April 21st to 23rd. And again, if you'd like to get information about that, plus get the free report on hot tips for handling hot markets, just send an email to hot at realestateguysradio.com. All right, John, well, always good catching up with you. And uh, I don't want to keep you too long because we got to get busy out there finding and some more inventory. <laughs> yeah, thanks a lot, Robert and Russ. I appreciate it. It's always uh, it's always great being on the show. All right, there you go. We've got more ideas when we come back. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Real Estate Guys radio program. I'm your host, Robert Helms. Need help with your real estate investment portfolio? Check out the resources page at realestateguysradio.com. Hi, this is Patrick Donahoe, CEO of Paradigm Life. Wall Street and banks spend billions of dollars per year in advertising with the goal to convince you that they are the solution. But take a look around. None of their advice has worked. If you're listening to this, odds are pretty good that you're already a real estate investor or at least becoming one. So why do you do it? Is it to hedge inflation, the tax benefits, or maybe it's to get your money away from Wall Street? 
It's because of these benefits and so many more that I created the Real Estate Investor's Guide to the Perpetual Wealth Strategy. When you combine successful real estate investing with the Perpetual Wealth Strategy, you have the recipe for what has helped the wealthy to establish their financial well-being for decades. You can download the Real Estate Investor's Guide to the Perpetual Wealth Strategy today by clicking the Resources tab on the Real Estate Guys Radio homepage. Don't wait. Go download it now. Discover the red-hot Dallas real estate market up close and personal. Attend American Real Estate Investment Property Tour and Workshop April 21st through the 23rd. Meet a great team of dedicated acquisition specialists, property managers, and financing sources. Enjoy a guided tour of investment neighborhoods and properties, including some available for immediate investment. Send an email to dfwtour at investmentpropertyshowcase.com. That's dfwtour at investmentpropertyshowcase.com. Hi, I'm Mark Victor Hans. You're listening to The Real Estate Guys. If you want to expand your consciousness, expand your wealth, expand your future, and have more delight and excite in your future than in your past, keep listening to The Real Estate Guys. Welcome back to The Real Estate Guys radio program. If you've made it this far into the show, well, congratulations. You're already putting yourself ahead of the curve, which is what it takes to get into deal flow when a market is tight. It's great, great, great information from John. It's really what it's all about. And if you think about it, the, the difference between approaching uh, the acquisition of inventory as an informed investor, as somebody who's got a degree of sophistication. You listen to a show like this, you pick up a lot of stuff. A lot of people think, hey, I just, you know, I took a s seminar, I read a book about real estate investing, heard Dallas is a hot market, I Googled around a little bit, found some information. So you say, honey, let's go down to Dallas and look around, and you find a real estate agent and you start looking around at properties. You understand this guy's got people going to an auction and has relationships with short selling agents. This is inventory that isn't ever seeing. Well, and before they go to the auction, they get the list, they research, they physically go to 30, 40, 50 properties, figure out the ones that make sense, the ones that don't. Now they know what they want to bid on. Only some of those properties actually do make it to the auction. I mean, that's a lot of work. Now, here's the thing. You might be willing to do that work. So if you're the kind of person that's like, yeah, bring it on. I'd love to do that. Well, then here's some great ideas today that John shared with you. What I love about these guys is they're very open about what they're doing. They aren't saying, oh, it's the secret sauce. I'm not going to tell you where I go. No, 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 no. In fact, in the report, he's going to cover some other things that they do. They get a leg up because they're willing to do the work. If you're willing to do the work, awesome. On the other hand, if you're thinking, you know what, that sounds like a lot of work. Why don't I just work with these guys? Well, that's a way to go too. Well, there's another part to it too, because even if you were willing to do the work, and Robert, you've gone to some auctions, you know what happens. Oh, yeah. There's the insider club. There's the people. You know, those short sale agents, they don't have time to take on a bunch of other clients, you know. Especially unproven clients. But if guys like John, and he's not the only guy out in the world that does this, right? There's people that do this, but if you're not in that club, if you're not part of that group of people that has a proven track record, that come to these things with cashier's checks, that are ready to go, that are, you know, you know what you want, you know exactly what you're looking at, you're ready to pull the trigger, you're a no-hassle client. I mean, it's exactly what he's saying. Think about it, where you're at in the food chain. So John is going in to these people that have control of these tapes of inventory or they're auctioning, and they're looking for the shortest path to disposition. They want to go with the proven commodity. You show up and you're the new kid on the block. Could you work your way up into the club? Yes, you yeah. absolutely could. But the first day you show up, probably not in the club. It's going to take you some time. These guys are already there. Now, put yourself in John's shoes. Flip it over. Now, he's in the business of disposing of the assets that he's now purchased. He's gone through all this trouble. He's renovated it. He's tenanted it. It's ready to go. 
He's looking at a list of people. Well, who do you think he wants to do business with, right? The people who just, you know, are hard to do business with, only do a little bit every once in a while, think about everything. And I'm not saying you shouldn't do your homework. I'm not saying you shouldn't do your due diligence. I think at the very beginning, he said, what makes a great client is being prepared. I can tell you when I was in the mortgage business, the first thing I do is say, before you go to buy any property, before you go waste a real estate agent's time, before you go make an offer, you don't even know if you can afford the property, spend time, get yourself pre-approved. Go through the whole underwriting process. Learn how to get all your documentation together. Let somebody who knows what they're looking at tell you what you can really afford to buy and then go shopping because you have a huge competitive advantage when you know what you're looking for and you know what you can afford. That's true when you buy a home. It is equally true when you're buying an investment property. Well, and it's great the way they approach it is that they send you some past deals, recent deals that aren't for sale right now. So there's no pressure. You get to review those, ask questions, make sure you understand the metrics, see what the performance would look like. When it's not like, are you going to buy? Are you going to buy? No, there's no pressure. Once you've done that, and now you kind of understand what those investments look like, what the market's like. Now it's like, okay, I'm ready to go. You can make a quicker decision. I'll tell you, but what I used to work with, with home buyers way, way back, and we would, I love first time home buyers, even though they're a lot of work. I just love the whole idea of getting people into their first home. Many, many times they had to miss out on one to understand the urgency of making a good offer. They'd start and they'd be hesitant or they'd wait and it'd be gone. You know, you go out and show them a house on the weekend. They go, well, we want to think about it. I get that. You you need to think about That's it. That's what happened to me. My first rental property, exactly. I mean, I, I went out and looked at house after house after house, lost, lost, lost. Finally, I just drove by at midnight on a Saturday night and made the offer without ever even having set foot inside it or seen it in the daylight because that's what it took in that market to get the deal. Right. And then, of course, you know, the whole idea of building your team is to have folks that are going to do that for you. You may be a passive investor. You may be an active investor. There's not a right or wrong to that. It's just how much work are you willing to do and hot markets are harder to work in. The great news is once you get a property in a hot market, you usually see results pretty quickly. So especially a turnkey asset, right? Not everyone's interested in that, but the idea that when I buy it and close on it, it's already been rehabbed, newly and freshly painted and carpeted and everything else, and there's a paying tenant in place, that is worth something. Well, and I think the other part of it too is, you know, he went over some of the numbers and you and I both know in a market like that, those are those are pretty good numbers. And we flat know that he's leaving money on the table, if you will. Well, well on an individual deal, he is. On an individual deal, John could get more to sell the property to an end user, an owner occupant. But the difference is he's making an investment just like an investor is. He's making an investment in someone who's going to buy more and buy more often. That's exactly right. There's two parts to his business. There's inventory acquisition, which we've been talking about, and then there's investor acquisition or customer acquisition. They both have a price. And the question isn't whether you're going to pay the price. The question is where you're going to pay the price. He could go spend a bunch of money standing in trade show booths and buying mailing lists and trying to find ways to get buyers on his list. Or he can take a buyer who turns out to be a good buyer and give them a deal and keep them coming back. And I bet they'll tell some friends. Yeah, exactly. So that's that's really the, the plan. So it's just a matter of understanding the person on the other side of the table and what their business motivation is and how you can help them achieve your goals 
and how they can help you achieve your goals. So as I said at the top of the show, it's a very symbiotic relationship if you understand it. Uh, the pressure in a hot market is typically on you as the buyer, right? That's where the that's where the pressure is because he can sell the property. He's not going to have a problem selling the property, but selling it to an investor where he leaves a little bit is an investment he makes and you going through and rising up to the call of, of acting quickly and being decisive and being an easy to do business with person is part of how you acquire his efforts. And it's again, the two of you mutually acquiring things that you need from each other in order to move forward successfully. Hey, speaking of great investments that are really hard to get into, the Investor Summit at Sea is coming up right around the corner. We're just a few weeks away and we have maybe one, maybe two cabins left, almost sold out. Come on out and join the real estate guys, Peter Schiff, Tom Hopkins, G. Edward Griffin, and Robert Kiyosaki, among a whole bunch of other amazing faculty. It takes place April 1st through the 9th. You get all the details on our website at realestateguysradio.com under Summit. Big thanks to John Larson for sharing his great ideas and his report. Again, if you want a copy of it, just an email to hot at realestateguysradio.com. Next week on the show, we're going to be talking about multifamily financing and introduce you to a pretty amazing new program. Until then, go out and make some equity happen. Hi, Robert Kiyosaki, probably best known for the book Rich Dad, Poor Dad. If you guys have a chance, go on the Real Estate Guys cruise. I'll be on the next one, 2017. Look, the most important thing, more important than money are the people you hang out with. But on the 20th anniversary of Rich Dad, I'd rather be with these guys than anyplace else. This episode of the Real Estate Guys radio show is brought to you by Paradigm Life. Powerful cash management strategies using life insurance. Learn more at beyourbank.com. Mid-South Home Buyers, low-cost, turnkey cash flow properties in Memphis, Tennessee. Corporate Direct, asset protection strategies for real estate investors from attorney and rich dad advisor Garrett Sutton. Find these and other great companies under the Resources tab at realestateguysradio.com. To learn how you can expose your product or service to the Real Estate Guys audience, call 888-489-7723, extension 4. That's 888-489-7723, extension 4. Or use the feedback page at realestateguysradio.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week right here on the Real Estate Guys Radio Show.